0: Well, good morning, Heights family. I'm sure glad you're joining me today. Though we're not getting to be uh, on our campuses, and I'm getting to come to you after what I know would have been just a tremendous time of worship and prayer and fellowship, and you would have gone to life groups. We're kind of missing out on all of that, and just showing up right here at the time of the message. But sure, glad you could be here and join us in this way, and. We have a guest appearance from Winnie. Last year she made a guest appearance unplanned. This year is a little more planned, but uh, she wanted to say hi real quick. I told her what we were doing today, and she took a bath, and she looks pretty, and she smells good, and as you can tell is just incredibly interested in what is going on. So anyway, there, there, there's Winnie saying hello, and now she will magically disappear. Right? There we go. Okay. Well, like I said, guys, here we are at the start of a year. I, I, I sure hate that we're not getting ready to have service, but uh, we do have a lot going on here at the start of the year. I hope you'll go by our Facebook page and look at the announcements. Uh, and see what's going on. The start of our Discipleship University classes on Wednesday night, Awana's going on. Gosh, this Wednesday night out at the Midlow Campus, there's an open house as we're opening new offices and facilities out there, and I'm looking forward to myself uh, getting to come out there and be a part of that. So just go, if you would, go to our Facebook page and uh, check out the announcements. Uh, also, boy, when we miss uh, uh, getting to gather for worship, uh, we miss the offering. And, uh, you know, we, we need that. A, a, a lot gets gone there when we don't have a Sunday. So I sure hope you might consider as we worship in this way today uh, that you're still able to worship through the, the act of giving. And uh, you'll see at the bottom of the screen or you can go to uh, just our face, I mean, our our Web page and uh, click on online giving, and uh, you can see push pay there. It's a great way to to give. As a matter of fact, we we would actually like you to give that way, whether it was a snow Sunday or not. Makes it real easy to keep up with and to credit to your account. But uh, you can use that to do a a, a one time gift, to do ongoing uh, giving. But but check out check out uh, push pay today. And like I said, I hope you'll consider worshiping the Lord that way. Well, we are here today. Uh, starting what I believe is going to be an exciting uh, series for our church and what I hope is going to be kicking off a great theme for the the year ahead and I'll tell you a little bit more about that in a moment. As we get started I want you to think for a moment about what is one thing that you could do, one thing that would just fix everything. It, It would just fix everything in this year, fix everything in life. What's one thing? Now my guess is when I ask you that question, You don't think about the one thing you could do. What we actually start to think is about the one area that we need something fixed. So when I say, what's the one thing you could do? Your mind kind of goes, well, well, I need this in my marriage and my finances or something with my parents or with my kids, or maybe it's a health issue. Maybe it's, uh, hey, do you ever think this? Hey, what's the one thing I could do to make my church better? Not, not what's one thing I don't like about my church, but hey, what's one thing I could do to, to make my church better? And uh, so we kind of think of an area, and then once we've got the area identified, well then, yeah, then we start to think, okay, if I could do this, if this would happen, boy, if this person would, we start to think about that one thing that would kind of just fix everything, Right. And, and and so I imagine you're you're pretty smart. You you know the area of your life where you need something big to happen, something important to happen, and you can probably think of one or maybe even two or three things that boy, if this and this and this, and so let's say that that comes to fruition. Let's let's say it happens here pretty soon. Well, well, when that comes to fruition, is now everything in life better? Well, yeah. Uh, until right <laughs> Un, uh, until the next problem. Uh, until the next confrontation, until the next loss, until the next issue. But you know, actually my question was not about what's one area of your life that needs improvement. My question is, what is one thing that you could do that would improve every area of your life? Whether it's something that, that has a need right now, maybe it's an area of your life that doesn't even have a need, but what's one thing that could absolutely better, right now, this year, your marriage, your finances, your parenting, your job, your school, may, may, maybe it's a hobby. What, what's one thing that you could do to better your church? What, what's one thing that would put you in the exact spot to be ready for any challenge in 2017? A challenge you know is coming a challenge you don't know is coming. What's one thing that would absolutely position you so that you're ready for any opportunity that comes to you in 2017? Does that even sound real? Does that just sound like hype? That there could be one thing that, that could just encompass and, and improve all of these different areas of our life? Well, you know what? I tell you what, not only is it not hype, it is very, very Real, You know what that one thing is? Well, let let me back up. The the one thing's not one thing. The the one thing is God. I mean, you put God in the center of your marriage, your finances, that issue with your parents, that issue with your kids, that that issue at work, at school. You put God there, and let me tell you something. You start to have a life of, of, of meaning and power and direction. But the one thing I'm talking about is what accesses God? what what brings him into the center of those things what what begins to involve him in these areas of our life and folks that one thing is prayer prayers is where we discover his will where we walk in his power where we where we rest in his knowledge where we enjoy his presence you know what prayer prayers where you can do the very most not only for yourself but for someone else I would even suggest that prayer is where we actually live life in God. Hey, listen to God's invitation to you for for this day. Listen to God's invitation for 2017. Hey, listen to God's invitation for life. Jesus says to us in Matthew 11, Come to me, all who labor, all who are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. I tell you, you know what I hear Jesus saying there? Hey, if you're worn out trying to to scrap and claw and fight and discover the one thing that's going to make your marriage work, the one thing that's going to put the finances together, the one thing that'll fix life. Hey, if you're tired of trying to find that and and get that, come to me. Or or how about the invitation of Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7? It says, in everything... By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests, hey, what what requests, Lord? Any request, all requests, let your requests be made known to God. And listen to this, and then the peace of God, which surpasses, which goes past all understanding, there'll just be a a sense of peace, a sense of calm, and that will, it says, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Or, Or there's the invitation, And I'm calling these things invitation. I mean, let's be honest, they're commands, right? We we have the command of, of 2 Chronicles 7, 14 that says, pray and seek my face. That's a command. But listen to the promise. And I will hear from heaven. Or there's Jesus in John 14, 14. He says, hey, if you ask anything, gosh, I mean, anything's a huge word, right? That includes, well, anything. If you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. Oh my gosh, folks, what an incredible opportunity. What what an incredible, awesome invitation that we have from the Lord. Listen, we are invited to to talk with, to spend time with the living God, the the almighty, the all-powerful and, and he's saying that that we have an opportunity to come and talk with him, to spend time with him. And folks, that time that we spend, it, it will make a difference. That that time we spend with him, that'll that'll produce rest. It'll produce strength. It'll produce peace. It'll it'll produce uh, direction in our lives. That peace. You know what? You know what? You spend time with him. You talk with him. You're just going to lay everything into the hands of the living God. And you know what? There's a sense. Hey it's okay god god's got this boy folks to have that opportunity one time to say i have 5 minutes with the living god to have that opportunity one time in our entire lives i think would be the most incredible impactful moment of your entire life but oh my gosh to have this to have this opportunity daily To have it continually, well, that's almost beyond comprehension to think that we could have something like that. And yet, that's exactly what God is offering to you and me. Gosh, how how many of us approach prayer, approach time with God, talking with God, approach it with that sense of excitement, that sense of uh, expectation? How, How many of us consider a moment with God to be the most impactful moment we could have for ourselves, for another, for for a situation that we're going through. Gosh, would I be overly pessimistic, a little bit of a downer, if I said, not not many of us. And it's not that I'm I'm thinking less of you or or less of myself. I I just think that probably when you and I hear the word prayer, I I think probably the word that comes to our mind is not the word opportunity. I think what comes to our mind is maybe a word like, uh, I don't know, frustration, uh, confusion, maybe in... in Insecurity you know i I don't know what's happening when i pray i I don't know if he hears me I don't know if it makes a if it makes a difference. I'm not sure may maybe we're insecure about am I saying the right thing am i am I doing the right thing well if, if see if these are the kinds of emotions and and feelings and things I'm thinking when I'm praying or trying to pray well, well then gosh, I guess it's no wonder it, it it's no wonder that we're going to so often end up saying i'm I'm too tired, too bored. Too unmotivated. Gosh, think about that. I'm too tired, I'm too unmotivated to do the most impactful thing I could do for myself, for another, for for a situation. Well, that doesn't make any sense. That's a bit of a paradox, isn't it? And, and I think that's maybe what a lot of people find when they come to this issue of prayer is a is in fact a bit of a paradox. You know, we pray, Americans pray. When you do surveys, and this is even current, you, you do surveys, survey after survey shows that Americans will say they pray. And I mean, I'm talking about like eight, nine out of ten Americans will say, I, I pray. Now, the, the survey's not differentiating who, who they're praying to, what they're praying about, but uh, it says they're praying. As a matter of fact, not only do surveys show that we pray, it would even say that we pray daily. We pray, and we pray daily. Now, here's the paradox. In those same surveys, when you ask people, well, what difference does it make? You know, a lot of times we'll end up saying, well, I'm I'm not sure what difference it makes. I, I'm, I'm not sure if an impact was had. So, so here I am doing this. I'm, I'm doing it every single day, and yet I'm not even 100% sure what difference it makes. And, and there's that paradox we want it to connect we want it to work we we want it to make a difference and i think that's a lot of times why we do get excited about maybe a a new sermon series on prayer we want to we want to hear we we want to learn maybe we'll go and be involved with a bible study uh with a friend on prayer maybe we'll pick up a book and read it we we want to learn we want to feel more confident with this more understanding of it we want to feel like an impact is being made, but here's the funny thing. I I think sometimes as we grow and learn about prayer, I, I I wonder sometimes do we become maybe even a little bit more demotivated? For instance, I I start learning about prayer and I find out, well, gosh, this is this is going to take time. This is going to take commitment. Or maybe I learn about some of the hindrances to prayer, like. Well, sin. Sin's a hindrance to prayer. A lack of faith is a hindrance to prayer. So I start scratching my head and I think, okay, let's see, I, I I don't have a lot of time. I don't have a lot of commitment. I do have a lot of sin and I do have a lot of lack of faith. Hey, this prayer thing's not going to add up for me real big. Or Or maybe we hear Jesus' words there. These are kind of exciting. Hey, ask anything and say in my name and I'll do it. But then we start to understand what Jesus is saying there and he's not... He's not challenging us, hey, hey! just say anything and then attach the three words in Jesus' name to the end of the request and, and magic happens. No, in, in Jesus' name means I'm praying, I'm requesting really in the character of Christ. That, that, that as I think about what I want in life and what I want to happen in, in people and in situations in my life, I'm really thinking about, hey, how would Christ handle this? How would, how would Christ pray about this? He's challenging us to shape and build prayer in him, which then again maybe leaves us thinking, I, I don't know if I've ever prayed like that. I don't, I don't know if I could pray like that. And guys, there's all kinds of practical questions. You know, how do I pray? When do I pray? Uh, Are there words to use? Are there words not to use? How do I stay awake? Oh, how did I let that one get in there? That's pretty real though, isn't it? How, how do I stay awake when I pray? And those are just practical questions. Think about some of the, the more philosophical questions about prayer. For instance, like this, if, if God's all-knowing, and he's going to do what is right and good, and he's, he's sovereign, he's absolutely in control, well, then why does he need my prayers? I mean, God, God's going God's to do what God's going to do, right? I mean, what, what difference does it make if I pray or I don't pray? Why would I even want to confuse the situation with my words? Hey, that's a, that's a pretty legitimate question. But, you know, as we work through all this it, it it kind of makes me think you know prayer is something that we can boy we can study and we can read and we can discuss and we can be in groups together I mean we can do a lot of activity in and around prayer without ever actually praying I mean that that should actually be the goal right praying And and, and so as you think through all that, I I guess I would say we need to get to a couple of bottom lines. Here's the bottom line of, of what we need to do or what we need to understand, regardless of what we understand, regardless of how comfortable or uncomfortable, secure or insecure. Here's a bottom line. God has commanded us. Jesus has commanded us. The Bible has commanded us to pray, commanded us to pray. Okay, so it's it's not an issue of whether I feel good about it or not. I've been commanded. Now, you don't need to differentiate out the three. Well, God said, Jesus said, I, the voice of one is the voice of all three. But you do hear all three speaking that way. For instance, God the Father says in Jeremiah 33, 3, call to me, command, and I will answer you, promise. Jesus commands us in Matthew chapter 6, pray to your Father. That, that's a command. And then we have the command of the Bible, pray continually, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17. You know, folks, not only are we commanded to pray, are you ready for this? We're commanded to pray a lot. We're, it's not ever suggested, oh, just pray when you can, oh, just get a word out here and there. I mean, I think so often when we are studying prayer, we're encouraged, oh, just, you know, three minutes here, three minutes there. And by the way, three minutes can become very powerful, I think, if it's a part of something much more. Listen, we are commanded to pray a lot. It's the first thing we do. It's the middle thing we do. It's the last thing we do. We pray before, during, and after. We pray a lot. You know, I can't help but wonder how many times I have, you have, we have prayed very minimally, very inconsistently. And then we turn around and say, I just don't know about this prayer thing. I, 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 don't, I don't know if prayer works. When, when we use it in a way that is, is really very different than what God challenged us to do, called us to do in this issue uh, of prayer. We are commanded to pray. Listen, there is nothing nothing in any area of your life that would be more profound for you to do than to pray. Nothing better you could do in your in your marriage and in, in dealing with your past and dealing with finances and preparing for the future. There's nothing you could do more impactful than, than to pray. And, and, and you know, I'm I'm not always 100% sure we really believe that. Oh, yeah, I mean, if we're sitting in Bible study, if we're sitting in church, we'll say, oh, yes, I, I absolutely believe the most important thing we can do is pray. So then why aren't we? Is it because we don't actually believe in it? I mean, folks, maybe before we even move forward in this, we do need to confess our lack of faith. We we need to confess that we don't believe a whole lot about what is happening when when we pray. Well, bottom line, again, we've been commanded to pray. Here's here's the second bottom line. It's a little bit more fun. Hey, here's a bottom line. Whatever you understand, whatever you feel about prayer, you have a chance to talk with God. You've got a chance to talk with the Almighty, the living God. I mean, how incredible is that, folks? Whatever I understand, I still get that chance. And he listens. He listens. And and, and listen. He doesn't listen to you for information. He doesn't listen to you for direction. He doesn't listen to you or to me because he has to. Oh, I'm God. It's my job. I got to listen to prayers tonight. No, he, he listens because he loves you. He listens because he loves you. Your words flow through the ears of a father who loves you. Your words flow over the the heart and mind of a God who loves you, and he says, that your words and my words make a difference. You know, I'll be honest with you, back back to that philosophical question. Hey, God's gonna do what God's gonna do. And, and I trust that whatever God's gonna do, it's gonna be loving. It's gonna be filled with wisdom. It's gonna be filled with justice. It's gonna be filled with righteousness. It's gonna be the right thing at the right time. I mean, God's gonna do that because that's what God does. So what difference do my prayers make? I mean, what? Just I think almost like I just need to get out of the way and let God be God. But he says, my word, whether I understand it or not, he says, my words make a difference. I have probably never felt more convicted, more directed on a sermon series than I do on this one right now. I, I, I really do believe this is the one thing that could be most important for our church family right now, where we are as a church, where we are in our culture. Now, you know, when I say the one most important thing, I mean, I don't know about you, but I almost start to challenge myself. Well, wait a minute. There's a, there's a whole bunch of things that we do as the people of God that, that we do. as. A, I mean, what about worship? Isn't worship, the worship of God, the most important thing? Well, well of course it is. But you know what? Worship that is not birthed out of prayer. Worship that does not begin and, and carry on and end with prayer. Worship that is not as bathed in prayer ultimately is going to become a worship that is lifeless, that is spiritless. Or or what about witnessing? I mean, how many times have you, church, heard me say to you, the one thing you've been left on this planet to do is to be a witness. It's to share the gospel. So it, it, does prayer change that? Now, now no longer? No, no. It's, it's witnessing. But you know what? When you go to witness, when you go without prayer, when you go without having prayed, uh, you go to do something that's not in your ability to do and may very much today become dangerous. No, that that has to be saturated in prayer. Well, what about the study of God's Word? Don't we believe that's pretty important? At the Heights, we we study it, we memorize it, we want we want to proclaim it and teach it, and most important of all, we want to obey it. Well, folks, you can't separate prayer and the study of God's word. It's not which one is most important. They go hand in hand. They're two sides of the same coin. Listen, the study of God's word without prayer ultimately just becomes an academic exercise where you get a bunch of people sitting in a building that we call church that know more about Israel geography than they do American geography, that know maybe as much about Israel history as they do American history. But when they go out into that America... They're not living shaped and formed by the Word of God. See, it's prayer that makes that happen. And so I, I'm very excited to, to kick this off this year as a as a sermon series, but even more as as a theme. The, the, the series is going to go six, seven weeks here, but we're going to be carrying this theme of prayer all the way through our year. I believe it is the, the most important thing for your family, for you as an individual, I, I believe it's the most important thing for us and as a culture. Would you agree with me? There is a, uh, a seriousness about our culture right now, an intensity about where we are in life, in time, that just demands that God's people be a people of prayer. Now, I wouldn't say it demands God's people be a people of prayer more than ever before, because there's never actually been a time that God's people aren't to be a people of prayer. But I I would certainly say as much as any time in history, we need to be a people of prayer. So here's what we're going to do. Here's how this series is going to kind of unfold. The, the, the next two weeks, next Sunday, Nehemiah, the following Sunday, Jesus, we're going to look at these two lives and uh, looking at their prayer lives. And we're going to learn a lot. We're going to learn how to pray, when to pray, what not to say, what to say. Uh, we're, we're going to look at, we're, we're even going to look at some of that philosophical discussion of if, if God's in control, if God's making things happen, then what role do my prayers uh, play in that. And so we're gonna use the lives of Nehemiah and Jesus to really, I think, learn a whole lot about prayer. Then we're gonna come back and we're gonna take two weeks very practical, practical messages looking at how we pray alone and how we pray with others. Now, on how we pray alone, that's a message I've actually done in our church before and done recently. And I I, I believe it's so important. I, I believe it's been so helpful. I think a lot of us would enjoy hearing it a second time, a third time, getting to look at that again. And that's where I'll give you kind of an outline of how to how to treat a week, how to pray through a week, what to pray for on different days, how to use the Lord's Prayer every day, the outline that that prayer gives us, and and how that will open up praying about a lot more things, praying about a lot more biblical things. In other words, we're also going to look at How do I use the Bible to build and shape what I'm actually praying for and and praying about? So we're going to do that one Sunday. Then we're going to come back and we're going to look at how to pray together. Do you know, I don't think I've ever read a book on how to pray together. I don't think I've ever heard a message on how to pray together. And that might be why I might even say the majority of us feel very uncomfortable praying together. We're, We're uncomfortable praying out loud. We're I mean, we might be uncomfortable praying out loud with our mate, much less a, a group of friends or or people at church. But we're going to look at the how-to of that. And, and the goal in all of this, folks, remember, it's not reading, it's not studying, it's learning. Hey, we're going to do all those things. The goal is praying. The, the, the goal is that we end up praying. The last message will be one thing that every one of us should be praying about. Now, I'm not talking about praise or thanksgiving or confession. I'm talking about a request. What is one request that should, should be a common thread through every believer's prayer life? There is one thing. As a matter of fact, when we go back to praying in Jesus' name, what really begins to build in me the character of Christ and how he would request something and what he would request? Well, to start with something He know we know he requests well, that would begin building, that wouldn't it? So we're going to look at what that one thing might be, and uh, we're, we've got a tool that we're going to give you. We were we were going to give it to you today if we were all at church at, at our campuses, but uh, obviously that's not that's not happening. So you'll come back next week. We've got a prayer guide. I'm pretty excited about this. It's uh, it is something meant to kind of carry you through the whole year. There is in the prayer guide a prayer journal. There is a section for you to list prayer requests for 2017 for different areas of your life. That outline on how to pray alone, how to use the Lord's Prayer, how to to pray with Scripture, that's going to be in there. You, You know what else is in there? Prayer requests for the heights. What and how could you be praying for our church for the coming year? And when I say prayer request, I mean three pages worth of ways and things that, that we need you to be praying about for, for our church family. Uh, you're going to find a page in there to take notes for each sermon. So obviously you're going to have a blank page today because you're not, you're not holding that journal. But uh, I think it's going to be a, a good tool for you to stick in your Bible and to have with you uh, all year long. I, I'm really excited about getting that into your hands next week. Boy, folks, listen, when we pray, great things happen. And I just believe we are at a place, yes, in in our nation, that seems kind of obvious, but I want to say I believe we're at a place in the life of the heights. Uh, I I believe we're at a place in our church where we need to say, and and I don't want to just say great things, I want to say God things. We, We want to, we need to see some God things happen. We need the boldness and the courage and the faith to know that we're not just coming alongside a good church. We're not just coming alongside some good ideas. We're coming alongside the living God. We're involved in who he is. We're involved in what he is doing in our lives, in our families, and and in our world. And and, and folks, prayer is how that's going to happen listen to jeremiah thirty three three I quoted it a moment ago in part let me let me quote it in whole. It says, "Call to me, and I will answer you. I will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. Listen to that folks God. Listen, God is pleading with you. Yes, it's a command, but I think he's pleading with you. you. If you only knew what I wanted to do in your life, if you only knew how I wanted to work, I, I want to work in ways beyond what you can even think to ask me for. Would you pray? Would you open the door of faith so that I can come pouring into your life, so that I can come pouring into your church, so that I can come pouring into your culture? That's what the living God is inviting you and me to do. You know, folks, I I wonder if this year, this could be our goal. This could be our prayer. Lord, may the most dramatic improvement in my life. I think about the things you'd like to see happen in your life. Lord, may the most dramatic improvement in my life this year be what happens when I pray. God may the only great thing that happens in my life this year be what happens when I pray. In other words, I think the opposite of that would be: is God, I don't want you to do anything big. I don't want you to do anything great. I don't want you to move or fix anything in my life that did not rise up out of prayer, that was not birthed in prayer. Now, I just said that. I'm afraid of what I just said. I'm thinking, oh, no, wait a minute. I'm not sure I want to limit myself to that. I, I think I would like God to surprise me in a few areas. Hey, God, you're free to, to move into my life and do some things I haven't prayed about. Well, you know what? He's a good father. He'll He'll move into our life and do some things that, that we didn't even ask about. But, but folks, shouldn't our prayer, shouldn't our lives really be God, move only where I've moved. Move where I have come to you in prayer. Move where I am working and building and, and seeking you in prayer. Move where I'm trusting you in prayer. Would you ask God? I mean, this is a big thing. Would you ask God to only improve, to only fix, to only provide, to only guide where you've prayed? Yikes, that's a big thing, isn't it? Let's pray about that. Let's pray right now. Heavenly Father, we come before you and we we give to you this coming week, this coming month, we give to you 2017. God, make me more than ever before a person of great faith and a person of great prayer. Lord, I pray that more happens in my prayer life than anywhere else. Because God, I know that If it's happening in my prayer life, it's going to happen everywhere else. God, may that be the place that I grow to love you, grow to understand you, grow to trust you. May that be the place I work out fears and angers. May that be the place I work out opportunities and and challenges. God, may that be where I live life with you. May nothing happen in my life this year. May nothing great happen. May nothing great be improved that is not first lived out and worked out in prayer. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. Well, folks, I, I, I sure hope you're excited as I am about what is gonna happen. I am trying to believe that we're not just doing another series, that this isn't just a, another set of messages that'll come and go, and ah, we'll learn something about prayer. We'll write down a neat quote, something to tweet, something to post, Folks, I I am praying that what happens over the next two months will make our lives utterly different than they've ever been. Not because I have a better this or more of that, or this is removed, or this is fixed, or this is healed, but because I begin to develop a power and an intimacy with God that is is built in a prayer life. I want that for me. I want that for my home. I, I want that for you and for your home. I want it for our church. Oh, may the power, may the power of the heights be what happens when we pray. Amen? Amen. Hey, I look so forward to seeing you next Sunday. Let's start praying right now that uh, it's a little bit warmer and the streets and the parking lot are clear and uh, we can gather and not only hear, obviously, a wonderful message, (laughs) but we can gather and we can worship and we can pray together and we can fellowship and We can gather together in our small groups and love on each other and grow in the Lord together and take on this year. Amen. God bless you.